It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. All right, we're back. Hour number two on Raider Nation Radio. JT right here in Vegas on a big day. Mark Davis just had a press conference at Allegiant Stadium, and the Raiders made a decision that fans need to be vaccinated to attend home games starting for the Monday night home opener coming up here. Your reaction to this? I actually thought this would be one of the biggest days we've ever had on the phones here. And everybody should have an opinion on this. Every single Raider fan should have an opinion on this. If you're vaccinated or not, what do you think about this bold move, very bold move by the Raiders to be the first to do this and for the Raiders to take the lead on the situation? It is a controversial move for some, maybe not for others. But when you look at this, you've got to have an opinion on it. This is your team. This is your family. This is your stadium. This is your new home. So either agree or disagree with it. I think the mass majority of people agree with it. There's a lot of people that are unfortunately not going to be able to go. Some uh, individuals have tickets with their kids. They don't want to get their kids vaccinated. If you have a prior condition, medical condition, I don't know exactly. We jumped out of the press conference. I don't know if that means you can't attend the game. I don't know what that means. So there'll be more on this and we'll follow up on it more. But it seems to be pretty cut and dry. If you're 12 years old or older, you need a vaccination to attend the game. And I don't think it's going to affect the Raiders in regards to ticket sales. I think there's plenty of of fans that want to get in the game. So they're in that situation. But I think this comes down to the Raiders wanting the experience to be the best experience for Raider fans. So if you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you were in there, like I was on Saturday with everybody wearing a mask. It was a nightmare. I walked every inch of that stadium. If you were there, you saw me doing the in-game interviews. And I I literally was everywhere in that stadium, everywhere, from the top of the 400 all the way to the Wynn Field Club. And I didn't see a lot of people wearing masks. People were wearing masks in the concourse, but they were taking it down to eat and drink. And Mark Davis said, people just forget to put their masks back on. You cannot have a global pandemic and have 65,000 people in a building and some of them being unvaccinated spreading COVID. You can't run a business that way. It's not a responsible way to run a business. And you know this, and Mark Davis knows this, and Roger Goodell knows this, and the governor was probably leaning on them to do this. The governor, who was dealt a bad hand, as Mark Davis said, he had to make a decision, and that's where we live now. So I think it's an important topic that why we have a flagship station. As you know, there's no Raider coverage in the Bay Area anymore. None. Zero. You can't put find the games on TV. No one talks about it on sports radio. In L.A., there are Raider fans, but most of the coverage is Rams. There's even no Charger fan. It's LeBron talk all day. This is the flagship of the Raider Nation where you can download the show for free on the app. So we got fans from all over the country. And a lot of fans are traveling to Raider games in Vegas with hotel rooms already booked, airline tickets already booked. Is this a motivation, motivational tool to get vaccinated? You better believe it is. 
because you got to make a raw decision right now. And the decision is simple. Get vaccinated, go to the games, do not get vaccinated, and don't come. That's it. But I understand why it's a difficult one for some people. We're not shaming people here. We're dipping the show in reality and telling you what your options are. And we'd like to hear from you on how you're handling these options. 702-365-9200. A little bit later on, finally, we're going to have Gilbert Manzano on covering the Chargers. I'm going to be talking about West Coast teams first here in our region. Coming up, especially here in the West, we'll talk about the Chargers, the Denver Broncos, and the 49ers coming up. Also, we covered the Seahawks last week with a couple of guests. And I have all our insiders lined up and our Ravens guest already booked the week of the Ravens game. Three of the best Ravens insiders are coming on that week to give you the coverage that you expect. Sean in Vegas, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Man, you got me hyped up here. You guys that can afford tickets, that can go to the game, I wish I could afford tickets to go to the game. I'm vaccinated. You guys are supposed to be part of the Raider Nation. You guys are supposed to be a family. You do anything you can to protect your family. If you guys can't go get vaccinated to go support the Raiders, you guys make me sick. Thanks, JT. You have a good day. Yeah, I'm not going to go down that road to make me sick. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and judge every other human being. It's very wearing and very demanding. This is what I do for a living. And I, I do this, and I think I put everything I have into it every show. And I'm just drained on social media and people attacking other people for the vaccine or not. That's all it is. It's vile. It's vicious. Much of it's anonymous and people just just being so unfriendly on social media about a pandemic and how they deal with it compared to others. It's very tough. And I understand this. And again, I'm close to tapping out on it. It does mean no good putting out a tweet saying what I feel about this, talking about this, because the loudest fans are the ones who disagree with you. The fans that agree with you, they just look. It used to be back in the day, people look at a tweet, nod their head. Now everybody wants to come back and scream at you. And that's very unfortunate. If you're a Raider fan, you have to have an opinion on this, especially in Vegas, when we're trying to build this bleeping radio station from ground up. And thank God we have an app that everybody can hear it around the country. If you live in Vegas and you're a business owner and you work in this market, what do you feel about the decision for vaccination at home games? 702-365-9200. All right, Gilbert Manzano, kind enough to join us, covers the Chargers and the beat for the OC Register. He's a fantastic insider, used to cover the Raiders, and he's kind enough to join us. And Gilbert, I've been seeing a lot of your columns out there. Tell me about this new culture for the Chargers and why this time it's different with the new coach. You know, it does feel a little different, you know, from going from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley. You know, they're both very, you know, likable coaches, uh, players' coaches, but they do it in different ways. Uh, you know, with Anthony, it's more like, you know, I'm here for you. I got your back. You could trust me. Uh, and that kind of hurt him to to a fault that he was too loyal. The thing with Brandon Staley, it's more like connecting. Okay, how, you know, what can you bring to the table? Or how can we blend ideas and being open-minded and, and, and coming to my office anytime you want? He's, you know, I've heard stories that he is a shouter, but I haven't seen that type of, you know, angry side. 
I'm guessing as the, the, the games start coming by, he's going to get that fiery side. But he's just so inviting. And he's kind of like a, like, a, like a student counselor, always trying to help you and kind of collaborate. So I think kind of having fresh ideas, being a little younger, energetic, and, and kind of getting people excited about the new philosophy, I, I think that's kind of hitting it off so far with the Chargers. And then, you know, it didn't matter. But getting a, a win in the preseason, kind of get that, that feeling of, of a winning culture, uh, mm-hmm. I was in the, next to the locker room. They got really excited. So I think uh, overall for Staley, I know it's still not real games, but I think everything he's done from January to now has been uh, the right buttons, I think. Gilbert Manzano is our guest. Of, out of all the quarterbacks I saw live last year, and I got lucky with Rivers, I saw Mahomes, I saw Brady. I, I got, I saw, you know, with all the, I saw Josh Allen live. These are all guys who came through Vegas. Justin Herbert per, impressed me the most and, and Brady threw had five touchdowns in the game combined with the Raiders but the footwork the arm angles the strength the composure I really think he's one hell of a quarterback and some people believe in a sophomore slump or a regression because everybody's seen the tape I don't expect that with Justin Herbert I just think the Chargers nailed that pick now what's the chemistry like with this new coach and the staff and some of the new weapons that the Chargers have this year yeah, that's that's the thing for 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 Justin, you know, and in a way, he kind of set the bar really high. That it would be kind of crazy to think he could, you know, surpass that. But you know, in the NFL, you you got to get better, you know, week after week because, as you know, JT uh, teams adjust, they watch the film, and they, and they kind of go after your weaknesses, you know. And, and I think with, with with Justin Herbert a year ago, his weakness was, uh, you know, complex defensive schemes, disguises, different formations, different groupings. It, it was a little too much for a rookie. He's, he's a smart quarterback. Uh, 4.0 GPA at Oregon, but now he has Brandon Staley, who is a mastermind when it comes to disguises and, and, and deception. So he's seeing that every day in practice. And like I mentioned with Brandon Staley, you know he's very you know you know collaborative and, and, and changing ideas. So I can only imagine the the quarterback room between Staley and Lombardi and Justin and kind of just changing ideas. And you know we haven't really got into it, the beat writers for the Chargers, because we feel like. You know, these guys, these two sides, you know, Staley's defense and Herbert's offense have been going at it. But there's been a lot of interceptions for Herbert. He's been, he's been making a lot of mistakes against Brandon Staley. But it's kind of a sense of, okay, let's make the mistakes now against a very stacked defense. Joey Bosa, a healthy Derwin James, hopefully for week one. It stays that way. Um, but nobody's ringing the alarm. There's just two very good sides going at it in practice. And like you mentioned, JT, we saw all the physical tools a year ago. So you kind of expect them to get better in year two, but the only concern, it could be maybe the chemistry, you know, brand new uh, offensive scheme, Joe Lombardi, Brandon Staley, maybe it's too much too fast. Uh, but so far this, this kid, uh, from, you know, from Oregon has seen four, you know, I think uh, five different coaching staff in six years and he seems to get better every year. Gilbert Manzano is our guest covers the chargers. Well, Derwin James is back and man, he's had such bad luck with the injuries and he's got to stay on the field. I saw some of the, highlights and what everybody was tweeting out from camp and the one-on-one battles with Allen. He he is special. Does he look to be fully recovered? I mean, completely going all out in practice here because he, he's a game changer that they have on the back end of that defense. Yeah, if anybody had any doubts about, you know, Derwin James not being the same player after two major injuries, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the foot in uh, 20, 2019 and then the, 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 the ACL or MCL knee injury in 2020, People started thinking, okay, maybe it won't be the same because 2018, that All Pro rookie year, feels like you know a long time ago now. But you know, if you're watching Chargers training camp or you know, I guess me reporting the news, 
uh, all those doubts are, are quickly gone. Right away, you could tell this guy was the best defensive player on the field next to Joey Bosa. Uh, and if you're keeping him with Joey Bosa, you're doing something right. So uh, you could tell Derwin James, you know, he hasn't really played the last two years. He is the heart and soul of this defense, maybe the entire offense. I know Herbert's doing his thing with the offense, but – uh, but Derwin James, different, you know, you, it really makes it feel like this, this team is on a different level when Derwin James is on the field. Uh, he, he is, I think he, he did it in 2018 with, with Anthony Lynn, mm-hmm. but with, with Brandon Staley, he's doing, I feel like, a little more. He's playing nickel cornerback, outside cornerback, pass rusher, free safety, and then his original role, strong safety. So I think uh, Brandon Staley right away figured out that this guy still has all the talent that he saw three years ago. Uh, so there's no sense of playing him in the preseason. I know he hasn't played a game in over a year, but Brandon Staley just said, you know, this guy's so good in practices. You know, it's fine. It's the same Derwin James, and, and let him lose come uh, September. Gilbert Manzano now joins us. He covers the Chargers. So you've been in that stadium a bunch now. You've been in there without fans mostly, same like me in Vegas. Last year when you're walking around and now you're getting to know the stadium, what is blowing you away? Everybody talks about the ribbon above the field and the video, but what else about certain sections of the locker room or how about the neighborhood and the parking and how to get there and the crowds? What do you expect to see for the Chargers home games there at SoFi? Yeah, you know, a year ago I got to kind of experience the new stadium, but, you know, a year later, not with fans, I'm seeing more things. You mentioned the, 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 the vicinity, what's outside. Uh, the NFL Network studios are right next to the stadium. That kind of came out of nowhere really quickly. Uh, the plaza where they had the, the concert with the offspring and many Chargers fans came out, you know, that popped up. Uh, the, the, the YouTube uh, concert hall, there's a lot of things going in that area. And then the, the Hollywood Park Casino down the street. So uh, that Inglewood area is kind of, you know, picking up in terms of, you know, you know it, I, I, won't, I won't compare it to Vegas, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a feel uh, of things you want to do in the Inglewood area. And, and obviously, you know, you have the, the historic stuff in Inglewood as well, uh, not too far away. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of, you know, cool to see fans, you know, you know, when I'm driving it, it was kind of, you know, for me as a, for the reporter, I'm trying to get to the stadium and, and get to my seat. It was kind of hectic, but it's okay because there's fans out there and you, and you want to mm-hmm. see fans and you know, having fun. You see Chargers fans and Rams fans and, and that parking lot is pretty massive. So there's kind of space for tailgating overall. So, uh, getting that, that first feel. Uh, of a full stadium was was, was very uh, you know, kind of a special moment because a year ago it was just so weird, very quiet. Uh, but for me, that I, that kind of you know has been new to me. When a year ago, I didn't get to be on the field because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You can't be in anywhere near the players. Right. And I've been on the field now twice, and every time I come out that tunnel, I look right away at the, at the video board, and I can't take my eyes away from it. And it was kind of a special feeling yesterday because it was a night game, and seeing that video board from the field in a night setting was like. <laughs> something I've never, never really seen before. So I make sure to kind of soak in uh, that kind of feeling, the atmosphere, so that, um, you know, I'm excited to see the one in Vegas, but for the for the one in SoFi, that, that video board really kind of takes it away. Gilbert Manzano, as we wrap it up, did it benefit the Chargers for last year with no fans to give them an opportunity to sell more tickets now so everybody who saw Justin Herbert, and I know there's bad blood with a lot of San Diego Charger fans who are not going to make the pilgrimage, but as the Chargers try to build new fans in Los Angeles. I think it's all got to be Justin Herbert. Do they have him plastered in billboards? Is he <laughs> cooperating in marketing? Is he out there trying to push the tickets? Because that's a big stadium that they have to fill. Yeah, I think he had a commercial that just came out, a, a Got Milk commercial where he's kind of throwing footballs at drones, and he, he looks like this kind of cyborg. So 
Uh, and there's like a mirror, a couple of mirrors actually in Los Angeles for Justin Herbert. And, and the thing with Justin Herbert a year ago, they, they kept knocking him for being too, uh, you know, too quiet, an introvert, really shy. This guy can't be the face of the franchise. And that kind of helped the Chargers for him to be the third quarterback taken in the draft. And now you see it in year two. Yeah, maybe year one he wasn't comfortable being, you know, kind of in front of the camera. But now he's joking with the media. You know, I'm, I'm not getting bored with the response. A year ago is kind of robotic, but you, know, you kind of expect that for a rookie. You want to say the right thing. Now he's really being himself year two. Uh, he already had the locker room one, so that wasn't a problem. But kind of being kind of a face for Los Angeles, like you mentioned, you know, with the San Diego thing, and it was kind of hard to get a fan base there. I think that quarterback, a star quarterback, a brand-new quarterback that's trendy, uh, that's, that's what Los Angeles loves, something new. They kind of go watch and kind of, you know, be entertained. And Justin Herbert is very entertaining. Uh, you take away the kind of personality, which he, he's coming out of the show. Like you mentioned, big arm, accurate, you know, 50-yard touchdowns, things you want to see as a football fan. Justin Herbert provides that. And, yeah, it was kind of weird, you know, having no fans a year ago. But for the Chargers, they kind of broke their way to, to, to kind of benefit from one year away to let Herbert become a star and have a lot of fans itching to come to the SoFi Stadium from home. Like, I want to watch that kid play. Let me buy season tickets. So, overall, for the Chargers fans, I'm sorry, for the Chargers organization, they're, they're selling tickets like, you know, like hotcakes. But the thing we got to see come – September when the Raiders come in, the Steelers come in, the, the Chiefs come in, the Cowboys, is it going to be, you know, 80-20% opposing fans or, or is it going to be pretty 50-50 where the Chargers fans finally have a fan base? So I'm not ready to kind of, you know, triumph the Chargers in terms of that just mm-hmm. yet, but selling tickets and having attention and being talked about with Herbert, you're in the right direction at least. Good talking to you, my friend. Look forward to seeing you when you get out to Vegas if I don't see you first in L.A. Always appreciate you coming on. Thank you, JT. It was a pleasure. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Gilbert. Appreciate you. Gilbert Manzano, great beat writer, covering a team in the division, the Chargers. And interesting to see what happens with the stadium. Their stadium is gorgeous. It was much more expensive, much bigger. But it's in Inglewood. And, you know, he's covering the beat out there. And Inglewood is building up the infrastructure of that area around the stadium there, which I'm sure is going to be nice. Everybody who's been to the stadium says it's gorgeous. The problem is the Chargers are there, and the Chargers don't have fans in L.A. The Raider game for the Chargers is an epic nightmare for that organization and that brand. Dean Spanos, if he didn't have to go to the game, he would not go to the game. Imagine Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers, sitting in one box. Mark Davis sitting in another. And I'm not talking about 80. I'm talking about 85%, maybe 90% Raider fans. When the Gold Cup soccer game was here, my sons went a couple weeks ago, People told me who went. It was 90% Mexican, Mexican-Americans to U.S. fans. Not 60-40. Okay? That, that's what it was. That was a real number. And the Raiders have an extra home game in Los Angeles against the Chargers for the conceivable future. Now, the problem is Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. I'd never say that about a young quarterback until he proves himself. He's proved it to me. Out of all the quarterbacks that I saw last year, in Allegiant Stadium, he impressed me the most. Just me personally. And Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Drew Brees was there. A lot of good quarterbacks, including our quarterback, Derek Carr, who's very impressive. But the guy who impressed me, I'm not saying he was the best quarterback. I was just most impressed with his arm angles, his legs, his footwork, his demeanor in the pocket. And now they have him. And he should have been a Dolphin. Justin Herbert should have been taken over to a and the Raiders wouldn't have had to worry about that. And where would the Chargers be right now with Justin Herbert? Where would they be? 
I don't think they'd be anywhere. They'd have good defensive players. Then the Raiders' offensive line's got to worry about the Chargers because the Chargers get a good pass rush with Joey Bosa. And Derwin James is one of the best safeties out there, but he hasn't been healthy in a long time. So I bring this up because we're previewing all the teams in the AFC, AFC West, and the West Coast before the start of the season. 702-365-9200. Let's hear from some fans, vaccinated and non-vaccinated fans, about what you think about the decision today by the Raiders to require a vaccination for fans attending home games. I mean, I can't serve up a better topic for you than that because it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people, and it is controversial. We're brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. 702-365-9200. How do you feel about this vaccine mandate? You know, we got some we had some pretty good numbers last year. You know, if we would make one of these articles, you know, we 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 did score points and move the ball, and uh, we're going to be better in the red zone. But um, you know, two out of four, you know, we, we want to be four for four, and we'll, we'll hopefully get better and better as the season goes on. It's a kind of a sore subject, really. It's kind of like uh, getting old to me. We know we got to get better, and until we do, we're going to keep hearing about it. Yeah, there he is, John Gruden. Everybody asks the questions about his play calling, the efficiency, what they're going to do in the red zone. And some days he's in great moods. Some days he's in good moods. Other days he just wants to get that press conference done. Raiders are going to get on the road and go to L.A. So they'll be in L.A. for that joint practice, which I think is really important. Uh, Very important practice because that's probably the best team. No disrespect to the Niners, but the Niners aren't going to play many of their starters in that game. And they're not practicing with the Niners, so they got to get something, got to get a lot of production out of the Rams in those two practice days. And they got to make sure no one gets hurt, and you can't predict that. We can't sit there and predict who's going to be healthy or not. But I remember when Gabe Jackson got nicked up in Napa in a Rams practice scrimmage, and it wasn't good. You don't want to lose one of your front-line offensive linemen in a scenario like that. 702-365-9200, Mark Davis conducted a press conference earlier today over at Allegiant Stadium, telling everybody the rules going forward about getting vaccinations and a vaccination requirement to enter into Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders sent this to season ticket holders. Our goal is to create a consistent and safe atmosphere where fans can enjoy the game experience that they will love and remember. To achieve this goal with the full stadium of fans who are not required to wear masks all season long. We are changing our COVID protocol measures in accord with the State of Nevada Emergency Directive. Beginning on September 13th with our Monday night football game, all ticketed fans ages 12 and over for Raider home games must provide proof of vaccination and will not be required to wear a face mask when inside. The Raiders have partnered with Clear Health Pass to provide easy proof. I downloaded it. It's very easy. I have clear for the airlines anyway, not to wait in line. It's a small fee for a big issue that I don't have to deal with at the airport. It's a pretty good app, and you should be able to do it and do it very easily. And we'll see what you do. I mean, I'm sure there's some fans that are not going to attend. They're just not going to attend out of principle, and they're going to sell their tickets. And fortunately, there are thousands upon thousands of fans who want your tickets. 
They will buy your tickets. They will take your tickets. The Raiders will give you a refund, or you could roll your tickets over into next year. How do you feel about it? Are there any Raider fans who are going to walk, who are just not going to go? I'd like to hear from you why. I respect your opinion. Raider fans who are happy about this have mostly been calling. I don't mind hearing both sides of the argument, 702-365-9200. Let's continue. Mike in Staten, Italy, coming off that unbelievable Yankee game. Bases loaded for the Red Sox in the seventh. Yankees get out of the jab, uh, the, the jam, Mike, and win game one. Uh, you know, they don't make anything easy for us, uh, JT. The last time I was on the phone, I, I celebrated a little early in that uh, Field of Dreams game. Uh, a yeah. heartbreaking. Nothing's easy. JT. But, JT, let me just first start off by saying, finally, the Atlanta Falcons got it right. They're, I can't believe we're saying this. They're the first team to have 100% of their staff and their players vaccinated. They, come on, where, where is the rest of the team? Where that If you forfeit a game, you could forfeit and get out of the playoffs. Get, what, they got to get vaccinated. But great job by the Falcons. JT, all I want to say is about you're a New Yorker. I don't want to hear you live out in Vegas. You're a New Yorker. And you know what a colossal disaster MetLife is with the Jets and Giants mm-hmm. uh, sharing the stadium. There is zero, zero uh, home field advantage. Uh, there's no, it's like a morgue. It, it's a steel building when you don't see it. It's nice when you go past the Raider thing, uh, the, the Dark Star. You, you know that's where the Raiders play. You know that's where the Raiders participate. And, and what were the Rams and Chargers thinking? It's a disgrace. And, JT, I want to leave you on this. What I took from game one, and I know it's only game one, but what I took from the Raiders in that first game was the team speed. From the offensive line to the defensive line, I think we're going to outcondition, and I think team speed is what's been addressed on this team in the offseason. JT, have a great day. Thank you, Mikey. Former cop, detective, knows about security. Mikey checking in here, 702-365-9200. Look, the, the Raider preseason game, the last thing I'm going to do is say Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Eric Allen, who's my partner on the pre and post, was really excited by the way they played. I missed most of the game doing the in-game, and what I saw, and then when I went back and watched it, I watched a lot of the offensive line. At that first drive, they were pushing. They were getting a good push. It's just tough to evaluate the talent going up against the twos and threes of Seattle. But the Raiders' twos and threes were better in that game. They were better in that game. They were ready to play. They were focused on winning that game. That's what they wanted. That was a legacy game for the Raiders. It's called the ribbon cutting. It was sold out. There was, I think, over 60,000 fans. I didn't see an empty seat. And there's no more preseason games. We got away from Monday Night Football. The energy was absolutely electric. I thought the team ran it well. Peterman's a very good backup quarterback. And the defense tackled better. I don't know what else anybody more would want. Fantastic. Uh, Lamone in Henderson, good to hear from you again. What's happening? Hey, what's up, man? It's, you know what? It's, it's good to get back again on the radio and talk to you. Um, listen, yesterday we were talking about, remember, about, you know, treat it like your own house, pick up the garbage. And you know what? I'm glad, uh, you know, uh, Mark did what he had to do. You know what, I'm going to tell you something. This, this is going to be real good for everybody, especially people that works there. They're going to mm-hmm. get, you know, they're going to get their shot, players. You know, they I mean, we can actually talk to them normally. We don't need to be with the mask. And uh, uh, I was, uh, when I went to the soccer game, 
I saw this kid, you know, he was probably maybe like 20, mm-hmm. 21 years old, talking to this big dude. and be like, hey, can you please put your mask on? I mean, once people's got a couple of drinks and everything, you know how yeah. they start getting loud. I mean, at least they're going to have some kind of cushion to fall back in, and at least they... they hey, Lamont, Lamont, you, you made a great point. Think about the workers at the stadium who are so busy trying to keep people orderly, try to help with the traffic. It's a crowded stadium. It really is. And they got to go up to everybody and ask them to put a mask on. Now they won't have to. It's going to make for a better environment, no doubt. Yes. And you know what? Uh, The only one thing, and I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer or maybe uh, your next shows, maybe you can find out. Mm. Me, like, you know, there is a lot of, like, my friends. They're PSL holders, too. Some of them, they don't want to do it. They're going to turn in their, you know, tickets for these season and it's respectful you know at least they're going to get their money back but now i got another friend that they sold some of their tickets do you know about the politics on the you no. know going through the raiders up and all that no i, I don't know yeah. that i mean the rate you can conduct and i appreciate the call you can call the raiders and the raiders have representatives to ask, ask those questions on the policy with all this and refunds and moving your season tickets to next year and how would, imagine being a season ticket holder and not going to a game the first two years. I got a friend of mine who's in that boat. He's not going. His wife can't go for a prior condition. He's not getting his son vaccinated. He's choosing not to get his 15-year-old son vaccinated, which is his choice, so he's not going. Can't go with his wife, can't go with his sons. He's going to get a refund, and I'm sure the Raiders will accommodate that. And He's got really good seats. Every seat in the building's really good. Your opinion today, that's what the channel's doing all day, the flagship, trying to take your temperature on how you feel about the new vaccination policy inside Allegiant Stadium. Tone and Modesto, thanks for holding, Tone. What's happening? JT, man, I've been listening to you for a lot of years, man. I'm a Raiders from Oakland, L.A., to now Vegas, back to Oakland. Um, You know, I, I wasn't planning on getting the vaccine. I haven't got the vaccine. Thank the good Lord, I've been I've been relatively healthy. Um, I have not had COVID. Knock on wood. Um, I don't know what to do. Um, this is a dilemma that I've, I have spent a lot of money on a couple tickets. I got the mm-hmm. Sunday night game already uh, locked in. Um, I don't know what to do, uh, JT. Um, I respect everybody's opinion. Um, I don't. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's a dilemma for me. I mean, I've followed this team since 1970. Um, I, I plan on following it, but i got to get the ticket now and, and not be able to attend the game. Um, I do believe it's the right decision, but like I said, I'm stuck in a pickle. Uh, it's an easy decision to go get the, the vaccine for some people, and um, I, I don't think you should be held to the cross and, and, and say you're the worst person. Up there. There's literally, I want to say, maybe 80 million people that haven't got that. So there's a few people that still think alike like we do um, as far as the vaccine. Um, I appreciate you giving the form for us to have an opinion on it. I'm looking forward to uh, Raider football. I'm, I'm a Bay Area guy, and you're 100% right, uh, JT. I wish you would say it a thousand times how the Bay Area uh, sports talk station dipped on us when the soon as they got wind that you're going, and you're the only one that tooted the horn for us, and I appreciate it, and I'll be following you. Uh, vaccine or not, man, I'm, I'm, I'm riding the silver and black um, all the way, man. Thank you for all right, the Thank you. I hope, I hope you get the vaccine. I hope you do more homework on it and you decide that the vaccine is for you and then you can come attend the games. It sounds like you're still on the fence and we were looking for a phone call or two on that. So I, I'm okay with that. We, I don't have a problem. He was very honest with his phone call. 
you know, he's still on the fence, but he's planning on going to games. You got some time to make up your mind. You got to the home opener, and that's plenty of time. I don't believe I don't believe 99% of the people who say they need more time to do research are full of it. From Lamar Jackson to Kirk Cousins, everybody else. You know, you either you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, or you're going to do it. Don't give me this crap that you want to do more research. You've had years to do research or a year to do research. It's now put up or shut up time. And if you don't go to the game, it's not it's not that you're not a great Raider fan. You just decide that you're not going to be vaccinated. We understand. All right, one of the good new sports talk hosts in Denver, Nick Ferguson, kind enough to join us. Ten-year safety in the NFL, big-time playmaker, and great to talk to him again. Nick, thanks for doing this, and want to get into the Broncos and that quarterback controversy in Denver. Is it going to be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? How do you see it? Well, JC, thanks for having me on, and apparently we do have somewhat of a quarterback battle, but if you ask the coaches, behind closed doors, they will tell you that their decision has already been made. But talking to the media, they're saying, well, the the competition is still outgoing. When you look at the game against Minnesota, I would say both quarterbacks did exactly what I figured that they would do. Uh, Similar to what we've seen here in training camp, Drew Locke is going to throw the wild play. And as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, then you have the Drew Locke apologist saying, hey, he is the guy of the future. That's because – they don't want to look for another quarterback. They're tired of the quarterback carousel. And I get it, and I understand. But here's my problem with Drew. Drew will give you those moments to build up your anticipation and your hope that he can be the guy. And then he'll come back and he'll let you down because he'll turn the ball over. And when we think of Teddy Bridgewater, he is kind of the Alex Smith veteran leader in the locker room. All the players love him, and he's going to do exactly what you expect him to do, a la the game manager. And he, he went out there uh, with uh, the, playing against the second unit, playing with the second offensive line, playing with the second wide receivers. And he, too, moved the ball down the field efficiently. But I think the Broncos organization and their coaching staff, they have their guy in mind. And I think that's Teddy because we haven't really had – yeah, I, I, really, I truly believe this. Think about it this way. If you're Vic Fangio and you've had two seasons here and you're going on your third and you've been below 500 – there's a new owner coming in March of 2022, and you're trying to win football games. Which guy do you think gives you the best opportunity? Drew Locke with all the upside and the potential, and if he finally gets it and the light goes on, he's going to be one heck of a quarterback or a guy that you know what he can do, and he's not going to razzle-dazzle anyone. It's just going to be the same even kill Teddy, but he's going to take the pressure off of your defense. Which guy will you want at the quarterback position? Nick Ferguson joins us. Really good point. I mean, Teddy, I just saw Drew Locke play last year a little bit injured and banged up in Vegas. I just thought he had a moxie to him, a swagger. He's tough. He goes out there. He tries to extend plays. But you're right, the turnovers could kill him in big games. And Nick Fan- uh, Vic Fangio's a guy that wants to win games on defense and close out games with his defense with his quarterback, not turning it over in, in the fourth quarter and taking him out of games. I think that Teddy would be better than that and he would be a better game manager. But the problem is Teddy needs to get a lead. Can Teddy put up the points in the production that Drew Locke could do if Drew Locke has big games? Well, yeah, but see, the, the Drew Locke having big game, th- that's kind of a false narrative because we haven't really okay. seen Drew do just that. In a four-quarter game, we've seen Drew stumble and just kind of 
go through the motions until he gets to the fourth quarter, and then now you start to turn it on. And that's not how the NFL works. Drew is not the type of quarterback that's going to give you the lead. He's the type of guy that's going to keep both teams in it because he has the potential to drive the ball down the field like he did to K.J. Hamler for an 80-yard touchdown, but he also has a propensity to throw interceptions and keep the other team in. The one thing I want to see from Drew is I want to see consistency. The game against Minnesota, it gives you hope. It keeps you moving along and, and thinking that he can be the guy. But at some point, we need him to put several quarters together to give us an indication that we finally found our guy. Nick Ferguson is our guest. The schedule is interesting. At the Giants, more than a winnable game. At the Jaguars, a winnable game. They should. They were the worst team in football than the Jets at home. I mean, they got an opportunity to start off 2-1 and one, or potentially 3-2, and 3-0 uh, and oh if they don't trip up. I mean, the Giants are going to come out and play. That's the home opener for the Giants, and they'll be into that. But are you sensing that this is really a make-or-break start of the season for Denver before they have Ravens at Steelers, Raiders at Browns? I mean, that schedule jumps on them after the first couple weeks. Absolutely. I go back to the fact that Vic Fangio doesn't have a lot of faith as far as generating a lot of faith with the people here in Denver. They don't believe that he's a great head coach. Now, he's a great defensive mind, but as far as the head coach, not so much. And with the schedule being set up the way that it is, to me, it gets the Broncos off to a great start. And since Vic Fangio's been here, he hasn't won games in the month of September, which is crazy. So he wants to go out there and win games, get off to a fast start. You mentioned having Baltimore. You have Pittsburgh right after that. You got Cleveland. And the, and the divisions doesn't get easier even with with the, with the Chargers, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and knowing there's the Raiders that, that, that are in the division. So to get out to a fast start, to me, Teddy will help you do that. But most are thinking, well, since you're playing against teams in the first three games that haven't been over 500, roll Drew Locke out there. If it doesn't work out, then you go to Teddy. I'm like, forget that. I want to start off 3-0. and I don't right. want to roll the dice, but you have a great defense here with – that with, which the Broncos have uh, kind of put together and George Payton's great idea to go out there and draft Patrick Sertan in the first round. We, we saw early on. I mean, it, JT, if you did not know that he was a rookie, watching him move around in practice, you would think that he's a seasoned vet. He got a pick six against Minnesota, and I get it. That was against the backup quarterback, but that still shows the, the signs of what he showed us when he was at Bama. So you roll Teddy out. Allow him to be your game manager, and you play to your defense. Nick Ferguson joins us. Nick, you coached at the 49ers. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's thinking about now with Trey Lance? He had a flash play, 80-yard touchdown, but I think it'd be a slap in the face to bench Garoppolo early in the season. He took that team to a Super Bowl. He's completely healthy. He's a good quarterback, especially if he has time there. How quick do you think Kyle Shanahan, how long does it take for him to pull the trigger and just go Lance? It's too good. He could be the next Mahomes. I got to get him on the field. It's going to take some time, JT, because once again, like Drew Locke here, Trey Lance wowed us with the 80-yard touchdown pass. But he finished the game 5 of 14, 128 yards, and that, that lone touchdown. After that touchdown, he looked like a rookie still trying to figure things out. And I, I, I know Kyle, and I know he wants to win the game, and he, he wants to make sure the fan base is fired up. 
But at the same time, you know, we have to pump our brakes. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. And the, the idea of trying to move past Jimmy based on what we saw in the first preseason game, that's not enough. This game, no matter what position you play, it's all about consistency. And at the quarterback position, you have to be accurate and you have to be on all, all the time. And, and right now, it, it, it's great. Maybe down the line, if the San Francisco 49ers are not doing well, maybe talking week, tw- week 10, week 12, maybe you want to roll Trey Lance in there, fine. But at the beginning of the season, you've got to give yourself an opportunity. You would hate to start the season 0-6 if Trey Lance is your quarterback. And that's not to say that I don't think the kid is going to be a good quarterback, but right now you still have some quality players and a talented offense and defense still running back with Jimmy and then see what happens. Nick Ferguson. Hey, Nick, I I was just at on Saturday, the Raiders had their first game with fans. It was incredible. It's indoors. Denver plays outdoors at mile high and you've been in the league a long time. How you feel about COVID and what they're doing with New Orleans with vaccinations or proof of vaccination or a negative test. Are you talking about that on your radio show? Do you think the league and Roger Goodell, as much as he wants 100% capacity, they could start leaning towards showing vaccination until we knock down this COVID variant again? The way that I look at it, uh, you know, I'm happy the fact that the fans are back in, in the seats. And I feel when it comes to vaccines, we should leave it up to every single person to make the decision which, which is best for them and their family. Uh, when you start going over to the side of saying, okay, well, we want to regulate and mandate, hey, you show this card, it, it, ta- it takes a lot away uh, from, from the game. And trust me, I understand it. You want to make sure that the fans are there to enjoy the game. We try to get back to normal as much as we can, but we just have to be really careful about how we go about uh, going about uh, doing it. So uh, I love the idea of trying to get fans back in, in the stands, but once again, we have to be smart about it. We have to allow each every American to make the decision, you know, for it for themselves. Yeah, I would I would push back on that a little bit, but if there's a whole bunch of fans that don't want to get vaccinated and want to go to football games, I, I don't know how that's going to help the, with the virus. But I bring it up because you're a talk show host now, and it's. It's just a big, big topic that I think's trending in that direction, and they're doing it in New Orleans. And I just wonder if it's going to happen around the league. Hey, give me, leave me with something positive. I just went, I just went to the Hall of Fame, and was there for Charles Woodson and Tom Flores, and saw an unbelievable class with Peyton Manning, John Lynch, a lot of contemporaries and people you know. Who do you want to go back to in the next couple of years and go see get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Who's your guy, one of your guys that is definitely going to get in down the road and you want to be there at their party toasting them? Mike Shanahan. Uh, yeah, it is good funny. One. I, I saw Mike Shanahan both at Steve Atwater's celebration and John Lynch's celebration, and I told him, I said, Coach, I'm hoping that uh, come next year that you are uh, hosting this party because Mike Shanahan throws – amazing parties and we can actually celebrate some of the things that he's done and when we look at coaches around the nfl we look at what have what's been their contributions to the game how have they changed the game and knowing as though there are several broncos who played on teams that uh mike shanahan coached that are in the hall of fame how could you not put him in and, and i thought once once jerry jones and jimmy johnson patched things up and he's going into the ring of fame, I say, yes, this is the best thing that, that could have happened. 
for football in the Denver Broncos because, you know, when Mr. B, you know, Pat Bowler, when he passed, Mike Shanahan wasn't really allowed around the facility. So now seeing the whole thing with Jerry and Jimmy patching things up, I'm hoping that the Broncos organization, they patch things up with Mike Shanahan. That gives him a huge push so he can be uh, in can. So he definitely deserves it. I would love to see him there. I've been there for Champ Bailey, Mr. B, uh, mm-hmm. induction. I was there for both um, the induction for John, Peyton, and Steve Atwater. Wow. I would love to be back there for Mike Shanahan as well. He definitely deserves it. He has two Super Bowl rings. He had a massive impact, not only as a two-time Super Bowl winning coach, but all the other big games that he coached. He should be in, especially, look, I'm not going to pit other guys against it. I watched Tom Flores had to wait till he's 84. And Bill Cowher's got one, and Tony Dungy's got one, and there's guys like Marv Levy that don't have one, but he was a great coach. Mike Shanahan, no doubt, is a Hall of Famer, and he should get in. He's young enough. You know, as you know, Nick, I'll let you go. The worst thing is when these guys get up into their 60s or some get to their 70s and they got to wait, and we know they're Hall of Famers, and these are the, these are the years of their life. They want to be around their kids and grandkids, and they want to have a gold jacket. I hate when they make guys wait for no reason. Well, well, JT, before I let you go, you know, you're absolutely right. I thought it was a total embarrassment that Tom Flores had to wait this long uh, Mm -hmm. to get into the Hall of Fame. And I know David Baker and that organization, they do a great job presenting the Hall of Fame jackets. But, you know, when when guys, whether you're a coach, whether you're a scout player, no matter what the position is, if you did something to change the game, you should find a way to get in. They should put you in. And I know every single year there's only a small number of guys that mm-hmm. are allowed to go in. I think they should change that because what you hated that you did, you, you created and you gave given so much to the game and then you get up in age and now you're gone. And now your family, your wife, your daughter, your son is now presenting your bus and you're no longer alive to actually see the fruits of your labor. That, that, to me, I think that's embarrassing. Thanks, Nick. Good to talk to you. Keep rocking on the radio. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, JT. Appreciate you, Nick. Nick Ferguson. Always a good conversation there as we check off the Broncos. So we'll have the Niners, the Broncos. We did the Chargers, the Seahawks as I go west. Kansas City coming up with a preview as we're counting down, and we're really going fast, uh, previewing some other teams as we get ready for the start of the season. Happy birthday, John Gruden, today. You know what I think of Coach? And I hope you wish Coach Gruden a happy birthday today. He deserves it. A lot of places to do it on social media, even though I promise you he won't look because he doesn't have social media. But Raider Nation, wish Coach Gruden a happy birthday. Big day today on the vaccination plan. We covered that press conference, Coach Gruden's press conference, Gilbert Manzano, Nick Ferguson. Great calls all day today. I'm back every night, Sunday to Thursday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Hey, Friday night, I'll be at the M. Excuse me, Saturday night, we'll be at the M. Resort, casino, spa, we're there for the pre- and post-game show for the Raiders at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Come on out on Saturday, we're there for Raider football. Have a good night, everybody. All right, take care.